The EP Podcast. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found. And always at theeppodcast.com. And welcome into the EP Podcast. My name is Chris. That's Hannah. Hello. Over at uh, what used to be 50 Acre Park Barn, which is now uh, James Sexton Park Barn. But they've got the livestock over there. they got the animals. Uh, kids go by. Classrooms go in there. We're going to learn a little bit about it today. We've never talked about this on the show. I couldn't believe almost five years of the EP podcast. Never talked about the barn animals. We've never had anybody over from the barn. So I'm excited about this. And we have a new principal Coming to Evergreen Park High School. Exciting. And before he even starts on July the 1st, he's on this program today. So those are the two big guests that we have. It's all brought to you by the First National Bank of Evergreen Park. Uh, If you want to earn more interest on your money, you know, interest rates going up means you get more interest in the bank. You should take advantage of that. Their statement saving special, money you're putting in the bank, you're earning 3.25%. Nice. It's been a while since you could get that on a savings account. Right. Okay? I mean, like in good times, when you get low interest rates, you're getting like a percentage point. You're getting 3.25 right now over at that bank. 11-month CD is 4% and 23-month CD, 4.25. They love the Evergreen Park community. They're right here, 95th and Pulaski, iconic building. They got the free ATMs nationwide with the total access checking account and a $300 bonus with qualifying activities. They got a great new mobile banking tool. So much going on. Get in to the First National Bank of Evergreen Park at 95th and Pulaski or check them out at bankevergreenpark.com. Sitting down here at the 9-foot homemade oak bar, I have Mary Kay Nielsen. She is in charge at the barn. Barn manager. Barn manager at the, what used to be, 50-acre barn, which is now Sexton Park Barn, or what? what's the exact? It's James J. Sexton. It's the ag- agricultural barn. Okay. You're in charge of all the animals. I am. <laughs> You're a farmer. I no, Well, I am a barn manager. That, that's the difference. A lot of the uh, students come up from like Northeast and the people see me and go, oh, you're a farmer. You're a farmer. I'm a barn manager. And so I want that distinction for the students so that they understand that there's other jobs. I mean, you just not everybody's just a farmer. So I stick with the title barn manager. See, I like that you're going by your your title of barn manager, but I would say I'm the only farmer in Evergreen Park, right? <laughs> like that, I mean, like, I feel like you're missing out on something there. Well, when you're speaking about the farm, uh, you one would anticipate a large agricultural plot. We do have um, gardens in the front. We've got a 14-bed garden. That feeds, uh, the, the produce goes to the food pantry for Evergreen Park. But as far as when I think of farm, I'm thinking of acreages, uh, you know, of corn and soybeans or something like that. I we, There's this, the small garden in the front, and then there's a teeny tiny little garden that I planted um, last year with like, er, we call it the urban green garden. So, and then next year, obviously, I've already got plans going for what I want to do and how I want to expand, but... When I think of farm, I think of, you know, all that acreage. We've got grass. We've got beautiful rolling hills. Well, you talk acreage, and, you know, I've never asked anybody this question over there because I've never had an expert on that park, but it was 50-acre park. 
It's now uh, Sexton Park. James J. Sexton. James yeah. J. Sexton Park. You, you see, I can tell you work there. You're like, you got to get the whole name in, Chris. <laughs> you got to throw the J in and everything, right? Like he yep, would, yep. he wouldn't care. <laughs> he like I met him several times before. That man would not care what I call that park. Right. But he wouldn't care. But is that park actually 50 acres? Yes, it is. That's really how big 50 acres it's is. It's beautiful. It's absolutely heaven. I, I can't say enough about that. You know. Uh, um, I, I know how lucky I am to be there. And in the morning to, to go out there and look out on that park and all that space in those hills um, on a summer day to see moms and kids with blankets underneath those trees, um, see people running up and down the hills. I take the students that come visit me in the barn and I'll tell them, we're going to take the hill. And they get about halfway up and like, are we done? <laughs> like, no, keep going, keep going. So it's this beautiful space. Um, on one of your podcasts, you talked about a hidden gem, and I'm like, oh, no, no, you don't understand. This is the hidden gem in Evergreen. Yeah, you reached out to me. You must have been like, wait a minute, Chris, you're wrong. (laughs) I want my hidden gem. (laughs) I want you all to to appreciate this beautiful gem that we have in Evergreen. That's awesome. So you're you're managing the barn, so you're taking care of the animals. I do. Do you have any other staff that helps you? Is it just you? No, we do. We, um, there is myself, I am full-time, and then I have two part-time people. Um, both of them, interestingly, are from the ag school. Okay. Um, so they're two uh, part-time assistants, and then I have two students from Evergreen Park High School who started volunteering, and they also work at the barn. They're paid staff. I don't see them because it's sports time, so I don't see them as much as I did during the summer and all that, but they're great girls. Um, Abby and Olivia are the high school and Jake and Bianca are my um, part-time people. And then we have volunteers. I've got Don and Alec, Judy and Jennifer. So we, you know, we, it's a pretty full house over there. It's lovely. There's great people. The animals that you're taking care of, are they basically kept in the barn? Do you let them roam free when there's nobody in the park? <laughs> what, what do we ha- What do we actually have in the barn? Like, what animals let's, are you holding? Let's pray they don't run free. It, it's <laughs> happened. So let's, I'm sure people are going like, yeah, it's happened. <laughs> what animals are there that could possibly break out? Uh, like, what do we yeah, have there? Yeah. <laughs> it was an interesting year because I just, I've been only the barn manager for a year. So yeah, we've had our incidences, you've had but a couple, it's all good. It's all good. We can't break out. Right. <laughs> well, we've got three horses. All right. Okay. The very first animal that was there was Let's Talk Turkey. She's a harness racer. She's 20 years old. She sounded like a racehorse right there. Yeah. Well, her original name, she's Canadian, believe it or not. And she is, uh, her Her original name was Jewel. Um, and she raced up in Canada. And then they brought her to the United States as a broodmare, uh, where she had at least six foals, could have as many as nine. It's hard to tell. Um, I've identified six. Um, so she's, so she's, she's been there the longest. And the next is, um, Willie, who's the brown and white for people who don't know. That's, he's called the paint. Um, he's 26 years old. He was our farrier's horse. He used to perform in shows, rodeo shows. So, um, they would ride him and and carry two, two pistols on them and they'd shoot a thing. It was a time thing. Um, but he's, he's fantastic. He can bow and everything. He's great. That's awesome. And then, you know, he's the perfect like look for a horse that's going to do that because he's an old paint, that's right? It. That's what it's Westerns always, have. Whenever yeah. you saw a Western and, and the Indians, you saw always the chief on the paint. Yeah, Right. That's, that was like, that was the style of horse you'd see in old time Western. Yeah. So exactly. three, three horses in total. So, and the next one is mini, which is a, uh, a mini horse Ariel. Okay. What, what else we got? We got chickens. We got 18 chickens. Because you brought me eggs. 
Which I'm going to tell you something, folks. I get people that bring me stuff all the time. They never have to. They don't need to, to bring things over. I'm happy to have them over here on the show. I, I But I, every once in a while, somebody will be like, I'm, I'm going to show them something that I do. You brought me eggs. I built beautiful eggs. You didn't open them up. You should have seen them. Uh, this, I'm gonna, okay, hold on. Let me reach over here. And white. There's usually dark brown ones. But no, so we started when I got there, we had seven chickens. We lost a couple. And then I brought my chickens. This is insane. Look at, I mean, like, this is like, these are farm chickens for sure, because I have (laughs) multicolored eggs sitting here. And you told me that I don't put these in the refrigerator because they're fresh from the chicken. They're fresh from the chicken. So they have what's called a natural bloom. Like if eggs are expensive now in the store. These are the most expensive eggs possible. Like, this may be the most valuable gift anybody's <laughs> given me at this time and age. Like, right now, eggs are ridiculous, and you brought me eggs that I don't even have to refrigerate because they're fresh. You may need to bring up, now that you've revealed that there's eggs over there, you might need I to get know, security over the park. <laughs> we might have to have security come to the door. <laughs> um, you know, we are the only country that washes our eggs and refrigerates them. That's true. You go to Italy, and nobody refrigerates no, their eggs. No. You pick them right off the store shelf. Right. You can go. In fact, most products are sitting there on the store shelf, never refrigerated, uh, the way that they do their meat, everything is fresher. Uh, I felt healthier. I spent like a month in Italy, uh, almost a month one time, about, uh, I don't know, about 15 years ago. And it was a, a great trip, but it was planned out. We rented a villa. It was something that we were all doing as a family. And we lived in this small town in Italy. And living there, just everything from how they cure their meats, they're just hanging them. And you hang them for a certain amount of time with certain things on them. There, there's no preservatives. You feel better eating their food. And so this this right here will be appreciated in the Lanuti house. Yeah. I, you know, and that's like one of the goals that I have for the barn. Um, when students come in or people come in and we talk and we talk about, um, you know, sustainability. I, wanna, I want people to be more in contact with their food. You know, so when we come in and people come in and they go like, oh, you got chickens. And they're like, oh, well, those are roosters. I'm like, well, those are chickens, too. <laughs> and you know, and people, people, they go, wait, no, that's a rooster. I'm like, well, that's a boy chicken and this is a hen. Well, my my only rooster that I know of is the rooster from the Looney Tunes cartoons. And he was just really loud and didn't look Fog like he laid horn, eggs. Leghorn, right, right. Yes. Foghorn, leghorn. Uh, that's it. He's an Italian leghorn. I've got two hens. People, And that's the other thing. People don't understand what, what a hen is because they see foghorn, leghorn with a big comb. Yeah. And so they assume that anything with a big comb is now a rooster. And you're like, nope, that's that's a hen. This barn is an incredible resource for Evergreen Park residents in the surrounding area. Another great resource for you out there, Law Offices of Parente and Norum. If you've been injured at work, you need a team that will do what it takes to fight for your rights. Insurance companies only care about one thing, the bottom line. At the Law Offices of Parente and Norm, their team has the experience, dedication, and proven results it takes to get you the care and compensation you deserve. They've recovered over $425 million for their injured clients and their loved ones, and that number keeps going up for a free case evaluation. Call or text them today, 312-641-5926, or visit pninjurylaw.com. And we're talking with Mary Kay Nielsen, learning about the animals and what they have over at the barn. So you, you have them over there. You have the horses. And we have two goats. And two goats. 
And two cats, yeah. And, and two cats? <laughs> and two cats. Yeah, I mean, cats the are kids not farm animals. The they, they're they not come farm to animals. The barn and, and, you know, the parents are like, look at the horses, and the kids are going, cats. Where, where do you get the funding for this? I mean, if you don't mind my asking, is it donations? Is that why you're here today? You brought me eggs, you need money? What What's going on? No, the village takes really good care of us. Okay. Over there, the the village runs the barn and everything. Of course, I will take donations. Don't ever get me wrong. I, I can always use um, uh, donations, and we're working on that. There is a there is a cost to it. There's the feed. There's the hay. There's the veterinarian care and all of that. Like I said, I, I mean, I, I the mayor is real supportive. I, I'm part of streets and parks. They're super supportive. I mean, and I keep it in mind that you know this is the taxpayers' money and all of that. The one thing that we changed from prior, because you asked about do the animals go out, and one of the things when I started um, a year ago was the animals weren't out as much. So they would go in, they would clean from 7 to 11, and then the animals would be out for a little bit, and about like, you know, 2, 30, 3, 30, everybody would be in. Um, they were from 7 to 5. So they're out more. We are there's, out There's more availability more. for them. You, and the barn is now open. And that's one of the biggest things. That's why I'm here. And even in the even in the winter time, there even come over in the winter time, okay. you can't find me today on Tuesdays right. because that's my day off. But um, you and every pizza place in town, <laughs> Tuesdays a day. <laughs> um, but you know that's that's what I want. I want people coming in. You know, I've got the grandmas and the grandchildren coming in, the grandpas and the grand. You know, I've got the moms, stay-at-home moms are coming in. But still, the word has not gotten out there that the barn is open. Well, I'll tell you that just personal experience. So I have the EP podcast, and I also do Southside Pod. So Southside Pod covers a bunch of the other suburbs around the EP podcast, mainly because after the EP podcast took off. All these suburbs started reaching out to me saying, will you do a podcast for oh, my okay. suburb? And I was like, I can't be everywhere at once. <laughs> and I don't live there. And the EP podcast works for me because I live here. So I'm I'm really interested in Evergreen Park. But we decided, okay, Southside Park could be something else. And so I've learned a lot about other suburbs. Payless has something similar, but they really push it, you know? And, and so, like... Like here, I have your barn in my backyard, yeah. And I probably know more just as somebody lives in Evergreen Park about the one that Palos has, even though this sounds like far more space, far far less crowds, and maybe a more intimate experience with the animals. Most definitely, um, and that's what I think we pride ourselves on. So when you're coming into the barn, if you're not getting me, you're getting one of my assistants or the volunteers, and we're going to walk you around. We're going to talk to you. Meanwhile, I'm I'm gonna get I'm gonna get fresh eggs. <laughs> yes, let's just focus. I'm, on hi- that. I'm hiding these from the family. You know that? Like I'm hey. not even bringing them upstairs because I don't have to put them in the refrigerator. I'm keeping them behind no, the bar. Don't. These are gonna be bar eggs. That's what these are gonna be. That works. <laughs> uh, before I let you go, Mary Kay, uh, give me give me one thing about the barn. If you didn't mention it already, that you want people to to know. Like, what's your what's your message to them? Is there is there is there something you want to get out there to them? Uh, because I don't think everybody in Evergreen Park understands what they have here. Yeah, no, I would say definitely come out and see us. You know, I, I do have nine classes in the morning. Um, special education students come out to me from about eight o'clock to 11 o'clock. But from 11 o'clock on till, you know, depending on the weather, four or five o'clock, um, that barn is open and people are waiting for you. And, you know, it could be just a quick trip through or if you're going to go sledding, you know, before or after, come and see what we have. And hopefully uh, this summer, uh, spring and summer, we're going to start offering some classes and we've got some partnerships going on. So, Look for things to change, but come and visit us. We are sitting in your backyard. That's awesome. Mary Kay Nielsen, first time here on the EP Podcast. I want to have you back again, not just because you brought me eggs. (laughs) 
when eggs are currently worth like 40 bucks a, a dozen. Thank you for the eggs. Thank you for the, uh, the, the info on the barn. And uh, now I feel guilty because I haven't been there enough. So uh, you'll see me soon. <laughs> Good. I look forward to it. You're from rural Louisiana, right? Very rural Louisiana. Did you have chickens? Yeah, we had chickens. We had lots of chickens. Yeah, I, I couldn't believe that she gave me a dozen eggs fresh from the chickens at the barn that I don't have to refrigerate because they're they're fresh. They haven't been processed. They haven't been washed or anything like nope. that. And I can leave them out yeah. for a month without even refrigerating them. And then I can refrigerate them for two more. There's no way they're lasting that long because eggs are gold right now they in the United are. States they're of America. They are. They're currency now. Right. I hope she doesn't get in trouble for giving away $400,000 in eggs. <laughs> like, that's what it feels like to me. I hope she doesn't get into trouble for that. But it was really, it was a really, really nice gesture. So what, what animals do you have on your farm? Oh, God, we had mainly cows. So okay. we had lots of, we had like 40 cows. Beef cows, milk cows. Uh, we just raised them for livestock shows. They were show cows. Show cows. Show do you cows. make money off of show cows? Yeah. Okay, because yeah. other, if you're feeding an animal, it should be turning a profit for you, I yeah. feel like. I mean, that's we, what my problem with cats is. Cats don't turn a profit. <laughs> and a dog does? Yeah, dogs turn profits. They're just like a psychiatrist. Like, nobody has to go to counseling in my house because the dog takes care of them. Oh, right? Come on. That's, that's the whole idea. It cuts down, cuts down on therapy. Dogs at least earn their keep somehow. When the rats are running around, like we had the rat problem last summer in Evergreen Park. I yeah. know not everybody had it, but like that was like the dirty little secret in the EP that there was like they were coming out of construction areas with all the stuff that was going on in the yeah. Southwest Quadrant. Oh, yeah. And you were seeing them like I saw one run through my backyard one night. Dog went after it. OK, yeah. didn't see it again because I think the dog ate it. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like that dogs earn their keep. That's all I'm saying. Oh, okay? so do cats. Come on. Not the same. And show cows, I hope at least make you break Well, even. I mean, we had all the land. They eat grass. They're all grass-fed, so we right. didn't have to feed them. Right. So there was that. But you didn't eat them. No, we didn't eat them, no. You can't eat them? No. They just, mean, you you just, can eat them, but just, we didn't. You just put them in cow beauty pageants. Yeah. Man, every time I think and, the South can't them, get more yeah. backward, that's that's some backward stuff, it's a, it's a cow beauty pageant. You polish their little hooves and fluff up their little tail. Did you ever and... polish a hoof and fluff a tail? Yes, I did. That's amazing. Yes, I did. <laughs> Building relationships, supporting the community, and service. These are the things that Country Financial stands for. They're more than just an office you may pass by as you drive through Evergreen Park. They're neighbors who lend a helping hand and support the fabric of your community, including charitable organizations, sports, financial education, and civic organizations. And since Country is already your neighbor, they want to get together and chat. Call your local country financial representative, Mike Thauer, today at 708-425-1559 to talk about the things that are important to you and how he can help you protect them. Brand new principal coming to Evergreen Park Community High School. Uh, I, first, I want to find out what happened. Uh, I want to learn a little bit about this guy, but I'm going to introduce him. His name is Matthew Dugan. How are you, sir? Hi, Chris. Thanks for having me on the show. Uh, as you said, I'm Matt Dugan. I'm the new principal of Evergreen Park Community High School, and I'm very excited to be uh, here with you, and I'm excited to start my journey there on July 1st. Yeah, so you haven't started yet, but you're you're between the place that you're at now where you are an assistant principal, if I'm not mistaken, and then you're, you're moving into Evergreen Park as the head guy on the first of july yes so i'm currently the assistant principal at morton west high school in berwin um which is there. huge yeah, you're just telling me to tell tell everybody how many kids you have in that building. uh there's about 3300 students at morton west high school um i oversee the freshman building of about 900 students for the freshman there's building a freshman alone. building with 900 <laughs> kids i mean like the, the size and scope of that 
absolutely incredible. And I told you before we turn on the microphones, like that's a school where you really got to pay attention because kids can get lost in the shuffle. It's very much more similar to like going to a community college or something like that, where you not, you don't know everybody in the hallways. You got to keep track of a lot of faces. How do you do that? It's uh, making relationships with everyone, getting to know the kids, getting to know the teachers uh, and a lot of walking. So I'd say I do about seven miles of walking a day uh, at, at the campus. I, I started at Morton East before that. And it's similar. It's a, uh, 3,500 kids there, and that's only sophomores through seniors in their building. Uh, the freshmen, if they included them, it'd be over 4,000. Uh, and so that's a lot of walking at those buildings. You know, you got to go see people and talk to people. And I'd say about six, seven miles a day of walking in, uh, on a daily basis is what I do. So I think Bill Sanderson is, is retiring. That's what this is. Correct. Right? He, yeah. This isn't where we're not tossing him out on his butt. No, You're, nobody should be mad at you. He's retiring. Bill's loved. He's retiring. He's uh, going to spend more time with his family. And, uh, you know, I'm excited that I'll uh, I get to come in. He's I'm going to actually be working with uh, uh, Bill as as he goes out. And I'll be working with uh, Superintendent Tom O'Malley about, you know, learning some things before I come in on July 1st. And I think that's what. Um, I'm excited to do is start learning from them about what they're doing now and learn about the school, the culture, learn from the staff. Um, that way I can, you know, on July 1st, when I start, it's not my first day. Evergreen Park High School. Is there a reason that you apply to it? Is it roots in the community? Is it best job available? What brings you here? I, you know, honestly, I grew up uh, on 103rd and Costner. So I grew up on 103rd and Costner in Oakland. So I hope, I hope Evergreen Park doesn't hold me. You will uh, not be the only principal in this village that lived in Oakland or still lives there. So don't a, worry about don't it. Don't hold it against me for yeah. going to Richards High School. But I think it was, uh, <laughs> you know, it was, it's just one of, it's a dream job to be, come back to the community that I grew up in. And, and when I say the community, I mean the South Side and, and to come back on the South Side and, and to be a principal of a high school on the South Side. Um, and to be a part of, uh, an amazing school with amazing students and amazing staff. And so it's a, it's like a, literally a dream. Uh, it's a dream fit. I couldn't have asked for anything better and I just beyond excited to start there. So what kind of principal are you? I'm curious. Um, are you, are you like, cause I had a principal that you talk about walking around, right? Yeah. I had a principal when I was at brother rice, uh, Mr. Uh, well, no, he was the assistant principal when I was there and then he became principal. So I always think of him as that because I remember as an alum, he was like principal for a while, but, uh, Jimmy Antos and he used to walk the halls constantly with the excuse of he was constantly taking out scuff marks with his shoes. But I always said that was his way of being able to stop outside of a classroom and always know what was going on everywhere. Are you a guy you talked about walking around who they're going to see you constantly? Are you a, a big administrative person that kind of delegates down to your teachers? Like, what are you doing? Uh, so real, sh real small world. And again, this is one thing you'll know. You'll know. Uh, Mr. Coach Antos to me. Yeah, uh, coached my baseball team. Oh, so you've already heard, you've all the you've heard all the Vietnam stories up, and everything. Oh, yeah, one of the nicest human beings alive. Isn't he? Um, his son, I gotta give his son a shout out, who is an amazing band director at Eisenhower High School. Justin Antos, uh, Doctor Justin Antos, is an amazing band director. But yes, uh, in the same light of uh, Principal Antos at Brother Rice, I will you will uh, I think every student and teacher will be excited to see that I uh, I love being everywhere. I love going into the classrooms to see what's going on. I go to see fun science experiments. I pop into a history classroom, see what's going on, talk to the students. Uh, you'll see me at practices for athletics. Uh, I'll try to convince the theater department to put me into the play. Uh, I'll demand, a, you know, my, you know, peanut M&Ms and stuff like that. They're all green and my own, my own changing awesome. room because, you know, I'm 
I'm high. I'm high maintenance. But Amy Kaysen's gonna love all, you over there. All, all joking aside, <laughs> like I think, I think it's those things that I just love is getting involved and in seeing, you know, making sure the students know that we're gonna support them. Knowing the staff knows that I'm gonna support them. We're gonna work with them. I'm gonna have fun and make sure they they know that this is. Uh, it's not only a great place to work, but I just truly will enjoy every moment of being there with you know and being the principal of the school. So one of the things that we've heard over the years, and look, this podcast was around before the troubles, as I call them, during the troubles, and after the troubles, as we winded out of them. And we we talked to principals and educators all throughout it. One of the common themes that I got, and I have two teenagers that are in high school right now, is that kids a little bit behind, a lot of social things that they're working on, and this is going to have to be a focus. Uh, you're at a different school right now. You're coming over to Evergreen Park. Have you seen at the school you're coming from improvement on that? Because I would imagine you kind of nodded your head as I said that, like that's something that every school had to deal with because of the shutdowns and just different things that the kids were going through. I mean, I have a, I have a daughter who's a junior at Macaulay who spent her entire sophomore year wearing nothing but black. Like that was a thing we dealt with in this house. So, I mean, like, where are we at? You know, overall, as an educator, where do you see these kids right now? And is there a light at the end of the tunnel where we get everybody back on track? I think this year has been, and I, you know, I speak to my experiences, but from what I've heard from other schools and what we experienced at Morton at both campuses, I think last year was uh, a very difficult year for students and staff at every school. Um, Everyone I talked to, it was a very stressful year. It was a very difficult year for students and staff. A lot of fatigue, a lot of frustration. Um, And so, that was the first year back from remote learning for a lot of public schools. We were remote um, that first year. And so that that adjustment was difficult. I think it was difficult for everyone. Students didn't know how to interact. Our incoming freshmen last year didn't know how to socialize because uh, they hadn't been in a classroom setting in a year and a half. And so that was difficult. And then you talk about like the the mental struggles for students and staff, that was a real thing. I mean, it's something that our staff, uh, I, I'll, I will credit them. They did an amazing job identifying students that they felt were struggling. And so that's something that this year we've seen um, students be more open to talking and asking for help and then staff making sure they're reaching out to the right people. And then students also at the same time, a better socialization amongst them in general. And when I say, what I mean by that is their ability to interact, talk to teachers, even simple things such as raising their hands in classrooms, um, having discussions, which was almost non-existent last year because they were so used to online learning. You got incredible sports teams that I think are, are getting better and better. Like Evergreen Park's kind of a baseball mecca. There's a lot of baseball <laughs> players that have come out of here. I know Jim Sexton's doing very well with building his program with your basketball team. Jerry Verdi's on this show every week during the regular season talking about that that program. And I've watched it grow over the last couple of years and get better and better. Um, have you Have you heard a little bit about the the athletics and that you got incredible facilities too. So you're you're coming into a school that's got some interesting athletic programs that are on the come up. There, I was blown away when I saw the facilities. So um, you know, I had, I haven't been in Evergreen Park High School since I was in high school, and so to see the changes in those in that time, um, I'm walking and I see the baseball field. And the I baseball field, I mean, it's just it's gorgeous. The yeah. clubhouse, you see the locker rooms, uh, you see the basketball court, the football stadium. And you see these facilities and you're like, I'm blown away. And then you see the weight room and it's college. It's nicer. I went to St. Xavier. It's nicer than St. Xavier's weight room when I was there. And I'm thinking to myself, this is unbelievable. Like this is, this is top of the line. I think it just shows again, the commitment from the district to um, the student athletes in the building and showcasing like, Hey, this is something that we're really proud of. We want you to have amazing things. Uh, the programs there are top of the line as far as like the, the coaches and the sports. And so obviously 
uh, again, talking to what I talked about earlier, like showcasing the amazing things going on. I think the dance team got sixth in state. I think that's right. Breaking news. I'm sure. I'm, I, I'm saw, not, that. I saw, right, saw that. I saw that this week. I saw that they're going to host the esports uh, state championship at Evergreen Park High School as well, which is obviously pretty cool. Um, and so you have these um, other activities and other sports as well, besides the baseball, football, and uh, uh, basketball. But it's nice to always have those. I mean, you grew up on the South Side. Those are those are the sports that I, you know, kids. A lot of kids play here on the South Side. You need a hockey hey, team, Mel. That's the right, one thing you're well, missing. You got no hockey team. Hey, we can make that. Maybe that's, maybe that's something I can make happen. But we'll get. We'll, we'll be good at that too, right? We're good at every. We're good at everything else. We'll be good at that as well. Matt Dugan's going to be the brand new principal over at Evergreen Park Community High School. He's got one of the things I always think about when I think about that high school is the incredible library that they have in. There. Like Beautiful. I never had anything like that ever. It's and gorgeous. It, it's amazing what those kids can go. Through. Like I just be hanging out there doing my homework. Like why go home and have to deal with the rest of my family when I'm 16 years old? Like I would have just lived there. They got a coffee shop in there now too. That's insane. <laughs> That's insane. That's nuts. All right. Well, I, I appreciate you jumping in, Matt. You're welcome back anytime. You ever have anything you want to push with the high school? You let me know. We'll get it out there. Well, I'm gonna take you up on that. So thank you. I'll be da- I'll be back. It's now time to take a look at what's going on around town with your word on the street brought to you by Cool Clouds Vapor Shop. Quitting smoking is hard and Cool Clouds wants to give you an alternative. Full Taster Bar, great CBD products, northeast corner of 95th and Kedzie. See all they have to offer at coolcloudsvapor.com. The Village of Evergreen Park is currently hiring for multiple positions including a part-time building attendant, part-time office assistant, part-time police records clerk. Get over to evergreenpark-ill.com. Job descriptions, how you apply, all of it is right there. The second annual Capuano Classic 4-on-4 Hockey Tournament is going on February 25th and February 26th, $500 a team. You heard the folks behind that event on the last episode of the EP Podcast. It's on demand anywhere podcasts can be found and always at the eppodcast.com. There are still a few slots left, but I think this tournament's going to be full very soon. Any questions, give Mike a call, 708-703-1322. And Queen of Martyrs St. Bernadette Parish is bringing Chicago's premier dueling piano show to the South Side on Saturday, the 18th of February. 30 bucks in advance, 40 at the door. You can grab those tickets up in the rectory during the week. Our final segment brought to you by Sid Sauce, locally grown peppers, locally developed sauces, bottled here in Evergreen Park, and shipped to your door, dropped off for free. The only place I get my hot sauce from. And they got something for every type of food. See all they have to offer, support an EP business at sidsauce.net. So by the time that this episode airs, I will have gone four days on the Kentucky bourbon trip. Oh, that's right. You're leaving. Little note for you that our guest that was earlier in the show um, from the barn, the moment I said it after I got off the air, what I was doing this weekend, she was sending me like places to go visit. Everybody I talked to, 
They act like I'm going to adult Disney World. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Like how kids would be like, you're going to Disney? I'm like, I'm going to Kentucky Bourbon. You're going to Kentucky Bourbon Trail? Yeah. Like, mostly dudes, but also women. Yeah. Like, very excited about that. I would like to that. go. Like, it's amazing to me how excited people are over the fact that I'm just going to go and hurt myself. Because that's what's going to happen. <laughs> like, here's the thing. The, the moment this show airs, when you listen to it on Monday, I am hung over. I'm telling you right now. Like, this was recorded before I left. I am hung over. We're going four days to four distilleries a day. Jeez, four a day? When I get, like, we're doing Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. When I get to Saturday morning, I saw that we have an appointment at 10 a.m. at a distillery. I'm not going to be able to move for 10 a.m. 10 a.m.? Yeah. That's the only way we could squeeze them in because they open the distilleries at 9 a.m. for tours. And they close them at 3 in the afternoon. So if you're going to do a bunch of them, you're drinking in the morning. And like, as my buddy always says, because we've done this before, like it is a drinking trip. So put your drinking shoes on like a big boy, yeah. get up and start drinking at 9 a.m. But I mean, like, <laughs> get up and start drinking right, at 9 I mean, like easier said than done, like at 20 some years old. Yes. At 45, I know what I'm going to be like by the end of this weekend. Yeah. It's going to be rough. Oh, Lord. It's going to be rough. But okay? you've done this before, haven't you? I, I have. But the, here's the biggest problem. Normally, I give myself a little bit of a rest before I get in there. Okay. But. Just before I'm taking this trip, I I have I have my wife telling me she ain't feeling good. Oh. And I'm like, well, I'm drinking bourbon because I'm going to tell you something. I don't think it's I don't think it's fake, folks. You can sit there and you can say, Chris, you're making this up. This is misleading information. It's false news. You're not following the science. Put him in the gulag. <laughs> but the only time I ever caught COVID was when I wasn't drinking bourbon. Really? Throughout the last couple of years. Okay. Okay. I had the whole family get it one time. I never stopped drinking bourbon. Never got COVID. Didn't even have a vaccine right. at that point. That's how early on it was, right? The next time around, I, I went on the bourbon trail. The one guy who wasn't drinking because he just wanted to come along, but he doesn't drink bourbon, got back to his Air Force base, tested positive when he <gasps> when he got there. Oh, no. We were all sleeping in the same room, and we were sharing off his bourbon glass all weekend long. Nobody got Nobody got COVID. Except him. Nobody. Just him. Just the him. bourbon killed the COVID. There okay. you go. So the moment somebody gets the Follow sniffles the around here, I go buy myself a bottle of Michter's and then I'm a, I'm a disaster for three days. So I'm doing that just so I can make it onto the trip. So it's really seven days of bourbon. Interesting. Seven days of bourbon, Hannah. Your poor liver. My Dr. Beckman is going to hate me. Yes, he is. He already hates me now listening to it. <laughs> Look at all those people in this great suburb driving down 95th and Ked Z. What a great place. It's called Evergreen Park. But we know it better as the EP. We're known for more than just the Unabomber. Remember Ted Kaczynski? You guys might even remember that big old rooster on 95th Street. It's all part of EP's history. So listen up to the EP podcast. You might be asking why. Because we talk about all things and we celebrate all the great things in the 60805. It's the EP podcast. All things Evergreen Park. It's the EP podcast. Evergreen Park. <laughs>